living in this cyclical method, when it comes to entrepreneurship, this is a good way to phase your business in something that's going to be supportive and nourishing and feminine rather than like, oh, I have to do all the things all the time and I don't get a break. What if our monthly cycles could actually work for us in business instead of making us feel off our game? Well, that's what our guest today, Dr. Omatma, is going to break down. She is a double board certified naturopathic doctor and endocrinologist, as well as having been awarded best naturopathic medicine doctor and recognized as a top woman in medicine. Welcome to Energetic Intelligence for Entrepreneurs, the podcast that guides spiritually curious professionals like you into soul-inspired success without sacrificing who you are to get there. Creative pursuits with impact, expansion through alignment, personal growth for professional gains with your host, Beth Perry. If you're someone who recognizes the power of getting into alignment in order to improve your personal and professional life, we'd love to have you join our free workshop, Operation Breakthrough. This five-day experience is starting soon. Link in the comments. Today, we have the incredible Dr. Omatma joining us from California. And Dr. Mama, I am so honored to have you join us. It's been a pleasure to get to know you over the past year that we've been connected. And thank you for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So when we talk about health and business and specifically around pregnancy and how much of an emotional toll that can take on someone when things go a little wrong. I personally, you know, I've personally been through this. My husband and I, we had about five years of miscarriages and then a high risk pregnancy. So I I know the journey from my perspective, but you work, you have a sold out practice and I know you're really committed to educating other medical professionals as well, based on your own journey. So I'd love to talk to you just woman to woman to start about how this played out in your life of deciding that you wanted to have a baby and what happened next. Yeah. So I I actually have a really interesting story with this, which is I was married to this man. I literally woke up on like, it was in my early thirties. I don't know exactly which birthday it was, but early thirties birthday And he had been talking about having children for months. And every time he would mention kids, something in my gut would just turn. And like, I was clear, my intuition was like, this is not the person. But I think I just woke up on my birthday, really clear that I wanted to have kids and really clear that it wasn't with him. It turned into a big rabbit hole of what could I do for my fertility? What like how could I leave this person that I had been in a relationship with at that point for seven years? I'd committed so much of my life and life force energy to this relationship and thinking that we were going to be together forever. And then realizing, oh crap, I never considered children in that equation. And if he wasn't the right person to have children with, what was I doing? (laughs) And I kind of went down the rabbit hole of research and fertility and like, how can I optimize my 
fertility? How can I optimize my hormones? I used to have horrendous cycles. I would literally be in pain for at least the first three days of my cycle. I'm really anti taking stuff. So I would never take Tylenol or anything. I would just be in pain. And then I'd have three to six days out of a month that I would have these migraines. And it was cyclical. So it definitely had to do with my hormones. I had a lot that that was going on under the surface that I had pushed to the side because the priority was, how do I be an entrepreneur? How do I live? How do I do this business thing? And figuring that out was I was exhausting myself and I wasn't taking care of myself in the way that I should. And my hormones were definitely struggling out of it. So fast forward seven, eight years, by that point, had met the right person, had worked out my hormones, had figured out what was going on under the surface, how I could live in my life with better optimal hormones, as well as how those hormones were going to influence and work through my business so that I could have what I now call a fertile business, which is essentially infused with this energy of we're living in tune with our hormones, even in our business life. And it actually supports my business rather than takes away from it. So it's Can I really... pause you right there and yeah. just ask, is, is there anything, and I know hormones and medical care is such a personal journey, process, conversation. But for people listening that maybe are entrepreneurs and even if it's not connected to a fertility decision or choice or journey, but they recognize, oh, I do want to take good care of my body and not have it feel like a full-time job. Other than the standard sleep enough, drink enough water, eat healthy, move your body. Is there anything that you could share to help support the entrepreneurs listening that are like, yes, I recognize that, that she's talking about, and I don't know what to do next. Yeah. So there's two main things that I narrowed down for my business that were completely not working the way that I was doing it. One was how I was getting trained. And so much of my training was in this, what I now am clear that is like a very masculine approach to entrepreneurship. And I was finding that that masculine approach was very much keep going, make more connections, get out there, do more of this, do more of that. And it was like, go, 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 go. That really needed to be reflected on. And for me, it the feminine energy is something that is I'm going to be in my authentic alignment and allow things to come. And that place is oh, like so much better. You know, honestly, I literally just got off the phone with one of my coaches and she's like, we're blowing up. Is this normal? Like we have so many people that want these appointments. And I'm like, yeah, this is as long as we're in a state of alignment we don't need to do anything. (laughs) Like people are just going to come because they're attracted. They know that this is something that they're attracting into their life and they're going to find that energy alignment to meet the people that are going to support them. So it's not like, oh, I'm special, but I feel like we could all do more of this in our business where we bring in this feminine energy and we're not so go, 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 do, 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 but 
rather like how are we being in our business? I so definitely that was resonate of- with that. I definitely <laughs> do. That's a big part of my messaging as well. Yeah. It's about who are you being when you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. And also, I just want to point out that it's not that you don't do anything. Like you're showing up for your client appointments. You're showing up for this podcast interview. You're showing up for different places, but you're not trying to show up in all the places all the time, no matter how you feel. Right. 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 Exactly. Okay, and then you had another one for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the other one, it kind of piggybacks on each other. So the other one is cyclical living. And that's really where in if you break down your month and if you don't cycle anymore, then you can go from new moon to the next new moon. So that month is broken down into four segments. And the first segment is the time that you're menstruating. Menstruation time should really be time for reflection. Think of it as like winter, right? It's deep, dark, go into the darkness and come out with intuition and realization and awareness about what it is that you need to be doing for the rest of the month. So that's the first week. Then the week from the end of your menstrual cycle or full moon, if you're not menstruating, is going to be the time for connection, honestly. So this is a really great time to be networking, right? So if you want to be networking, you want to connect with different practitioners, you want to have a certain vibe to bring into your business, that's the time to do it. And then from the full moon to the week after, or from ovulation to the week after, is a time where you are going to be like really focus on self-care. And honestly, that could extend for the, that two-week period up to your, your cycle again, but really building on the self-care and prioritizing all of the things that you need to be doing to fill your own cup. And if you do not do that, that's where you get into the more masculine approach where men men are designed differently, but in cyclical living or a fertile practice, you're really aligning with your energy of that month and you're not going to do, you You can still do, you can still connect, you can still do all of the things, but making sure that you're prioritizing your self-care first and putting everything else on further back burner. And then the last week just before menstruation is like even more self-care, even more rest. And you're really looking at that time to nourish and rebuild. So it's kind of like fall season, right? Before going into winter, you would harvest everything that you've gotten in that year. So in in this context, you're harvesting everything you've gotten in the month. You're making the time to follow up on the things that you had said you were going to follow up on. Maybe you met someone in, in your networking phase that you're like, oh yeah, I really need to make sure that I connect with them. I want to send them a quick message. So you're doing those types of things, but you're really doing it in the context of nourishing. So if that, if the person you met isn't fully aligned with you, you probably don't want to reach out to them in that phase of your cycle. Like it's out of alignment. So um, living in this cyclical method, when it comes to entrepreneurship, this is a good way to phase your business in something that's going to be supportive and nourishing and feminine rather than like, oh, I have to do all the things all the time. And I 
don't get a break and I deprioritize myself and don't really have the the structure or support to do the self-care that I need. So we're probably going to have to have you come do a guest expert month in with our clients to go even deeper into this. And part of what I'm hearing from you, I'm over here getting so excited because when when people start understanding this information, honoring your body's cycle, and you know, men have their own hormone fluctuations that are a little different, but part of what we're talking about today is honoring this feminine process specifically. And if you're a man listening, you have female entrepreneurs in your world. You have women, sisters, mothers, uh, wives, daughters that you love and care about. And understanding our differences is a really powerful touch point as well. So I, I want to reference that just because we're talking about a woman's journey today and process today does not mean that this conversation is only for women. Couple things. So in my energetic intelligence blueprint, we talk about the body clues that we have. And each one of the key areas I talk about are a universe on their own. (laughs) I love how you connected the dots between the energy piece and the body piece. And then also, I love your term fertile practice. I love that you connected this philosophy of by being in a fertile place in my body, I will also be more abundant in my business and in the way I serve and in the way I show up and that your experiences that you attract this in very tangible results in your life, in your own business, right? Like your coach that is part of your team saying, are we supposed to have this many people reaching out? Yes. When we honor and nurture and, and then we know when to turn up the dial on our action, but also when to go into nurture mode. I think it's so fantastic. So when we think about this piece, everyone listening has so much that they can apply to their lives already. But when we think about this took you years to figure out for yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. It did. (laughs) And then in the process of figuring all of this out, tell me about, did your definition of success change? You know, the, the 30 something year old that woke up and realized I want to have kids, but not with this guy that I'm married to. And oh my gosh, I'm building a business. Like you have your medical training that was going on on top of building your own practice. And over the next, it sounds like about a a decade, how did your definition of success change from that birthday that you woke up to the person showing up on this podcast interview now? I think. Hmm. That's a really interesting question. I feel like when I was younger, my definition of success was maybe like, I didn't necessarily see the full potential of me. I don't know if that makes sense, but I was really playing a lot smaller than I feel like I am now. What I envisioned for my life was this tiny little one bedroom cottage that, you know, that we just live and Maybe we have a little garden and kind of a simple life, which I still like. But now with the reality of life as it is, having a three-year-old and feeling like, oh, this two-bedroom place that I thought was going to be the forever thing is way too small. And that's just the physical. But I think energetically too is like, wow, what I see possible now is so much bigger. So. 
I almost feel like maybe one would think it would go the opposite. But for me, it's become like, wow, I have this like really big vision of what I believe is possible. And I don't know that I even foresaw any of it when I first started this journey. You know, for me now, it's like, hey, I envision this practice that's flourishing, that has multiple practitioners, that is kind of global. It's got practitioners in different countries. And then we have this training aspect where we're training and nurturing new practitioners to do what we do, which is also taken off and launched. And I can't even believe that it's happening. I almost have to be like, whoa, is that real? <laughs> you know, pinch me moments. Yes. More pinch me moments, please. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and then to like have all of those things that we're contributing into the world be obviously supported financially, but also having a team, which I never envisioned. It was always like, oh, I'm going to do everything myself. And now, yeah, that's not my zone of genius. There's no way I'm picking up my finger to do that. And it's a very different relationship now to like, hey, more is possible, but it also is clear that it's not just about me anymore. So I'm thinking about a brand and an identity and a contribution really into the world that's so expansive. I was just telling one of our practitioners that's graduating, she just did her exam and passed. And at the end, we were just chatting and I was like, you know, I've created this whole line of supplements that's customized, that's going to give you guys, you don't have to think about it, right? It's not just for me, but for them to come in and be like, yep, we already have our branded supplements. I don't have to do anything for that. It already exists. I just need to show up and, and know which ones, how to use them, who to use them with and customize people's journeys. And she's like, oh my God, thank you so much for doing that because that is not where my head is. I just want to see people. I just want to support people that are coming and struggling with this thing. I don't want to have to think about how to create supplements. So being able to think on that scale didn't even cross my mind in my 30s. <laughs> it's like, what? This is a total um, dream that I hadn't dreamt when I was in my thirties. So do you feel like your dream grew gradually? Were there phases mm -hmm. um, or steps? Can you expand yes on that and no. a little bit? I guess when I first started on the fertility path and I really, I had some resistance, I will admit when I was in my early thirties and started doing all this research and intuition was just like, this is your path. This is what you need to be doing. And I just kept being like, no, no, cannot do this. Like it's too close. I'm not sure that I'm the person to do this stuff and this work. And it would just keep getting, coming back, getting reflected like this is your path. This is your calling. And finally I said, okay, if this is real, send me a sign is actually what I asked the universe. And that week without me doing anything, three people ended up walking up to me and saying, Hey, can you help me get pregnant? The first two, I was like, absolutely not. That's not my jam. You must've heard wrong or whatever, you know, like, and the third person I was like, Oh crap, three is definitely a sign. This is not ignorable anymore. <laughs> and it was a Friday afternoon. And I was basically, 
I just was like, listen, I have a lot of research. I have dove really deep and I have some very great theories about what can and cannot work with fertility. I have some theories about why the things that are being offered are not working as well as they should, but I have never helped anyone get pregnant. And if you choose to work with me, I will charge you like it's not going to be free, even though you will be the first. And I'd been in practice already for five or six years at that point. So it wasn't like I was new to practice. It was just new in terms of fertility. And I was like, I don't want you to answer this now. I want you to go sit with your intuition, meditate, whatever it is that you do, and call me Monday if you feel like this is still a good fit. I basically was trying to talk her out of it, you know, <laughs> you were like, how, how hard can I make it for her to say yes? And yeah. I want to ask more. So behind the scenes on this. So before we get to the next part of the story, what was your self-talk like? What were the actual resistance? Because you had medical training, you'd been in practice for five or six years. You had all of this research. You were personally invested in it. Uh, maybe share about that. Like, weren't yeah. you personally, not just relationship wise, but yeah. you're you were worried about getting older and ha- preserving your own fertility. And yeah. so you have all of these things that technically on paper would make you a fantastic choice, but in your head, you were like, no, where was that no coming from? You think, what did it sound like in your head? It sounded like, it just sounded, I think on the most basic level, like I'm not good enough. Like I don't know enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not specialized enough just not enough, not enough, not enough. And that's a story that runs through my life in so many ways. So it's well, it also runs through, it also runs rampant in the entrepreneur community, right? Absolutely. Like how many people, it, uh, that whole imposter syndrome that a lot of people have. And then there's also the flip side too, where there's people who are like, I'm totally not qualified, but I'm going to just go for it anyway. An expert. Uh, but but I do think that that's a smaller percentage in general. And I know that the people listening into a podcast like this are heart-centered and they're growth-minded and, and they care deeply about being an integrity and being of service. But I love that you also charged for it. Okay. So yeah. you, you told her like exactly where you were Yeah. and you said, but I'm, I'm going to charge you. You call me back on Monday. What, what happened on Monday? She called first thing Monday morning and she's like, you are the weirdest doctor I have ever talked to. And my intuition is really clear that you're going to help me get pregnant. She had been on this journey for three years, had had three miscarriages and just heart-wrenching stories through all of it. And I ended up working with her. Three months later, she got pregnant. Nine months later, she had a baby. (laughs) So it, it definitely worked. And I tested out my first theories. I tested out what I thought was the process. And and then I continue testing. I'm one of those people that is like, hey, that worked. Now the next person, is that same process going to work again? Is it going to work again? Is it going to work again? And then it it was initially a three-step process. I couldn't tell you even what the three steps were because I don't remember anymore but it's evolved now into a four-step process, discover, detox, rebalance, and receive. So those are our four steps to supporting, customizing, individualizing the whole process for people. And then we have kind of a timeline on how long it's going to take for them to get to that optimal fertile state. I want to clarify (laughs) just something around 
the testing part. So I think sometimes it can be helpful to clarify medical terminology. What do you mean by testing? It sounds like you have your four stages, but by testing, this was all medically sound. Oh yeah. Yeah approaches, right? You know, like, tell us, tell us about this testing process. (laughs) Testing, I mean, more from the clinical side of what is the framework that I'm thinking about this person or couple that I'm working with. And these are the theories. This is the context of what I think is going on. I'm going to do the legitimate test to figure out whether or not my theories are correct. Like and you're testing their hormone levels and their yeah. vitamin their levels. adrenals and, and gut okay. health and <laughs> okay. all of those types of things. So you weren't like a mad scientist running no, no, free no. and wild. Um, no. But also, I know that this research and these theories that you had, you shared that you had done a lot of research, but I'd love if you would talk about why your theories are different. Because I, I, applying this to business as well, when we have a new idea, what is that new idea based on? It's usually based on, I learned something this way and I saw a way either it wasn't working or I wanted to improve and expand on it. So I think for business owners in general, entrepreneurs, that creativity is there, but then are we willing to take action on it? And it sounds like you were a little resistant to say yes to your clients until the universe was like, nope, I'm going to keep throwing clients at you until you say yes. But will you share a little bit more about what this process looked like? Tell us about what came up for you that drove this level of research to help you form your theories. Yeah. So the first thing that I remember is what I learned in medical school, which was at 35, your fertility drops off of a cliff. Not in that many words, but pretty much that. And this is the pervasive philosophy that runs the fertility world. 35, your fertility is shot. I was over 35 when I got pregnant. And they also refer to it as a geriatric, geriatric pregnancy, pregnancy, which yep. I remember being so offended by. I was like, I'm 36. That was me too. And I was like, I'm nothing against your patients this. I'm happy. I'm excited about getting older. I want yeah. my smile lines and, you know, all yeah. that stuff. But let's not rush it, people. Okay, so 35, your fertility drops off a cliff. And if you happen to get pregnant after 35, you're now a geriatric pregnancy. So that's the, okay, I'm with you so far. What else? So that was one of the biggest things that I had to challenge myself because if that were true, then I was running on a very thin time clock to be able to get pregnant and forget getting pregnant to be able to find the right person before getting pregnant. Right. In my head at the time, I was like, it's taken me 10 years to meet this guy who I married only to realize I married the wrong person for a lot of other reasons too, but also that I didn't want to have a kid with him. And then being, it's going to take me 10 more years to find someone else. There's just not enough time. So that was a lot of where I was coming from. And I was desperately just like, there has to be another theory out there. And what I discovered as I was going through my research was that our idea of a declining fertility actually comes out of the 1800s in France, not even scientific research. It's Catholic records of when babies were being baptized at 35, there was a drop-off. So moms over 35 were not baptizing their kids. So they said, oh, 
after 35, your fertility is no longer in the 1800s. So I was like, wait, what? That just shifted. That was a moment that I remember being like, holy F, this is some BS. How have we integrated this into the fabric of society in the 2020s, right? Or 2010 at that point in time. So I just pretty much was flabbergasted. And then I came across a really different opinion, which is Dr. Christian Northrup. She wrote this amazing book back in the 1980s or something, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom. And in that book, there's a chapter on fertility. And she talks about tribes in other parts of the world that were consistently getting pregnant at 50, 60. She's like, oh, this is their norm. This is not an outskirt. Someone got pregnant. This is when they choose to have babies. And I was like, well, I don't know that I want to go that far. But If that's possible for a human on this planet, why isn't it possible for all of us? And that created the foundation of how I researched further. I want to anchor that in. If it's possible for one human on this planet, why isn't it possible for all of us? That's like, guys, quote her on social media, tag her when you do. That is gold. And it's just another reminder That when we see other people's success, when we see what's possible, whether it's in a health goal or a relationship or money or business, that it's a choice. It's a personal choice to shift our perspective and be jealous of it or actually celebrate it. And if we're triggered by it, that's an opportunity for us to look at that inside us because it's it's just an example of what's possible. That's incredibly powerful. And so now this research that, I mean, I'm sure we could talk for hours about all the research and findings that you had, but essentially where you are now is that you've actually developed and are teaching your signature process and approach that has been scientifically proven at this point that has research to back it up. That is not just out of baptism records from 200 years ago. And I want to honor as well that your intention, when we've talked about this before, that you always speak about how you know the holistic approach you take might not be as widely accepted as the standard protocols that exist in the medical practices today. But the the doctors on the ground working with the patients, they want access to more options. They just don't, it's not delivered as part of curriculum. And you're looking to change that. which I think is really inspiring because to take an idea to, first of all, have the courage to shift your own perspective and be like, wow, everything I thought I knew was absolute fact is actually not. Now, what is possible? I'm going to look at what's possible. I'm going to test what's possible. I'm going to go all in on what's possible. And the next level of courage is to start talking about it and sharing it and actually creating a vision, like you talked about your dreams in the beginning of this conversation have expanded. It sounds like your capacity to serve has also expanded because you're not just serving your individual clients in your practice, but you're actually looking to change the fertility approach medically across Mm -hmm. the globe by teaching other practitioners what you've essentially spent your life. Sounds like resisting for a little while, but then 
going all in going on. All so, in. yeah. And how's that going? You said that you're having an incredible response. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like amazing to start what I thought, like my goal was, oh, I'm going to have five practitioners in this like first round of practitioner training. I did zero marketing <laughs> and had nine people sign up. And I was like, well, we've pretty much doubled that goal. That's awesome. And then my next part was, hey, I really want, yes, I want to train people and they got the system. But now can we create a fertile collective of practitioners that isn't seeing each other as competition, but rather that we're a collective of practitioners that are constantly innovating and coming up with ideas and sharing resources. And to start, it's all of my resources, right? It's all of the intellectual stuff that I've been like, hey, it'd be great to have our own supplements. It'd be great to have a DIY program that you could just give people. So I've created all of this and I can just give it to them as part of the collective to say, here, go run with it. You don't have to recreate the wheel on stuff that's already done, right? You can spend your time and energy just showing up for the people that you're supporting. And the people that chose to join this collective are super powerhouses. One of them is on a mission to launch startups, health startups around the globe. And all of them are going to have this like fertility branch in it is amazing to me. So to have the quality of practitioners that are in this collective, and I kid you not, I showed up to every single one of those trainings that I did live shaking because all of them are MDs pretty much. And they're all trained in what's called integrative and functional medicine. So they're already the next level of MD. They know so much. They are familiar with everything, right? And to show up for the trainings and be like, here I am, this little doctor, you know, and and to get the feedback that I've gotten, honestly, and this is not to brag at all, but I've been just blown away that they're like, oh my God, you put all the pieces together in such a doable way, right? So many times trainings are like, oh, here's this theory, theory, theory. Here's what the research says. But what do you do with your client? What do you do with the person sitting in front of you? And mm -hmm. that's how I really came to this training of like, I'm not giving you intellectual content. This is tried and true, simplified to make it a protocol, not so cookie cutter that you can just print it out and give it to your client, but cookie cutter enough. A trained practitioner can think through this and come up with some really amazing, high quality information and, and protocols for the people that they're working with without feeling stuck on, well, I don't know how to, or I don't know where to look for that. You have it all, right? So I'm just, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm super excited that <laughs> this training is now available. It took probably 10 hours a week for 12 weeks to create this training, but I'm really well, not to mention the, the decade of research and oh, totally. <laughs> your, your, your test clients that we were talking about earlier yeah. and all of that. But it's, yeah. I know you were doing that on top of running your practice right. on a regular basis. And I love that you shared how 
you know, anyone listening to your story is probably like, she's a powerhouse. She's phenomenal. And then you're sitting here like, I was shaking. I was so nervous. <laughs> and it's really important to normalize that, that stepping into our own power, especially when we see other people that we respect and admire looking to us for our expertise in that beginning stages that you're describing of launching this program and bringing your, really your passion work to the world there's so much on the line, it feels like, but you had the courage to do that. I had this visual in my head as I was hearing you share, you know, that what's the expression? Stand on the shoulders of giants. And it made me think you are just a giant for the industry in this way, saying, stand on my shoulders, take my lessons, take my work, pay me for it, but take it and do good with it and take yeah. the systems and the experience. And not only take your work, but let's be a collective. I think that's a beautiful next level process for you to share the conversation with the people that are invested in a shared mission. And it's just unbelievable. And so I want to honor you so much for sharing your story. I'd love to end with just some rapid fire questions so that people can get a final taste of what the life of Dr. Omatma really looks like. I'm going to start with this, especially because you're a doctor. I want to know coffee or tea? Tea. Mm, okay. Green Am I in trouble tea, for drinking coffee? <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you more likely to spend your money on experiences or things? Experiences, for sure. Do you have a favorite experience you're looking forward to spending money on? It's it, This one's going to be interesting. We're actually packing up our little place and moving, but that move is unknown. So we're just going on the road for a while and living in different places to figure out where we like. That's the experience. The digital that's just nomad experience. <laughs> yes. We've been doing it for about uh, six or seven months now. And so I'm here if you need it, but I'm very excited for you to have that adventure. What would you say is your go-to keep your cool technique or approach when you're facing an intense business situation? So there's a mind-body practice that I use in my work with clients that I also use on myself. And it's really simple. I can teach us it in a minute if you're open. Oh, yes. Bring it. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so you'll start with tapping on uh, above your eyebrows and take stretch that out behind your ears and then follow that all the way to the back of your occiput or the back of your head. And then take it upwards on top of your head. So we're stimulating like all of the acupoints that are in this region. And you can do that a couple of times. Make sure you're breathing. And then tapping at on the sternum, which is the heart center. And you'll just kind of go up and down the sternum. And then going lower above and below the belly button. And that's the simplest tool in that practice that anyone is welcome to take. But we're essentially stimulating all of the brain acupoints, which connect to so many different meridians in our body. The heart center is, as we know, the heart center, but also stimulates a few different points that are connected to emotional well-being. And then the belly is integration into your intuition and gut. So that's how I think about that energy medicine. And if you have to do, like, what do you do? Take a bathroom break? If you feel funny doing it in front of someone, if you're like, I'm really mad at you, you just be like, 
we'll finish this conversation in a minute. <laughs> and you go do your process in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's yeah. amazing. It's incredible. I mean, I just did it with you and I'm like, oh, I, I actually, I feel an inch taller in my own body. So it's, it's a definitely very pleasant coping mechanism. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. Okay. So for one final question, I'd love to ask you for the, everyone that's listening that can't wait to get some more Dr. Omatma in their life, whether they have fertility practitioners to connect you with, or want to just follow your journey and help celebrate your success for you living out your big dream that keeps getting bigger. If you had to pick one social media platform, where's the easiest place that you're most active, they can come connect with you. Instagram. <laughs> Definitely Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we will drop all the links so people can stay in touch and thank you again so much for being here. You are just a wealth of knowledge and inspiration and your energy is amazing. So thank you for sharing all the sides of you. Really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me again. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review. And remember, it's great to have someone tell you what worked for them, but it's better to have someone show you what will work for you. Until next time, I believe in you. <laughs>